Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And it's part two. <laughs> of, hey. uh, <laughs> it's part two of our 200th episode spectacular. Yes. 200th yeah. episode spectacular. We're getting silly. We're having fun. This is part two. Yeah, part two. We did all the Letting voicemails. The good times roll. All the voicemails and stuff. We, the drinks we, are settling in. We, we released that to <laughs> you guys first uh, and, and put that out there as a big like thank you to anybody who oh, yeah. listened to us and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, uh, we got all those voicemails, Jay, and I did tell everyone that there was a prize in it. For anybody who who sent us a voicemail, the best voicemail was going to it's going to pick something from the loot chest, and I think you and I were both in agreement. The best voicemail, the one that 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 had us rolling on the floor a little bit, was Sean from What Does It Matter. So yes, he he's going to get to pick a prize from the loot chest. I do have two runners up that are also going to get the. It'll be a surprise though. They're, they're right. I'm going to reach out to them personally. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to announce them here on the show, but one of them was the one that was the most heartfelt. That that made me feel the best um and since my dad can't win that it's it's someone else that 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 left us a voicemail so i'll reach out to them personally and they'll they'll be able to get something as well um probably not as as you know not something from the loot chest but something they're 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 all going to get something and then i'm also the the other one that 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 made us laugh like the the runner-up for making us laugh Uh, i'm going to be sending them something as well so i want to thank anyone who took the time to to reach out to us Uh, but this episode jay you and i are going to be doing our top five movies that made us so i i know that this is like kind of cryptic like what does this mean and really what i'm getting into here with this with with like these movies that made us it's like these are the movies that are probably most influential to us. Like these are the movies that, right? Uh, you know, are, are make us. They made fans. the most impact on you, exactly, in one way or another. And I think, like, also these are the movies. Like the way I saw it was the movies that made us. Like these are the movies that I've seen in possibly the triple digits. Like I've seen so many times that like it never gets old. It never gets tired. It's it's that film that you just absolutely love, and you can't shower with enough praise and i think there's a lot of movies that you and i both love there's a lot of movies that you would point to and say are technically better than these movies oh this my list is extremely skewed because these are a lot of childhood memory impressions that had such an effect on me but also when i got into films again when i was uh like 15 16 years old that kick-started that new chapter of me getting back into movies and the power of that it's nostalgia it's, is, is what this comes it's down just, to. It's just instilled in you. This yeah. is nostalgia. and it's I 100%. And, and I would say that like the movies that are on my list, they influenced how I watched movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like like from, from this point on, they became like the high, the high bar. Like I'm comparing other movies in their genre or other movies around them to them. You know, is it as good as that? No. Like these, these are my high watermark movies. These are movies that just spoke to me in such a way. Some of them have, have influenced other things that I've done on my life. Some of them have influenced my humor, who I am now as an adult and stuff. Yeah. It, so it, these truly are the movies that, that, that made us, that, that, that make us who we are as movie fans. So are you, are, are we trying to do like a legit top five or are we just gonna, no, this is, this riff. is a legit top okay. five. 
Okay. I, I actually I did do a top five. Kind of hard though. This is really hard. <laughs> this King whole Lee. list was extremely. This is probably one of the hardest ones I've ever done because I didn't a hundred percent know how to do it. But really, when it came down to it, I just went through my memory of films and the ones that stuck out to me. The ones that I awkwardly made an impression on me in in better or worse situations but for some reason just made a lasting impression the most over over the years well i'll say this uh so mine is definitely gonna be a little bit different than yours i would say that yeah because just just so everybody knows in advance all these movies i definitely saw before i was even a teenager like if i did like a movies that that influenced me when i was a teenager on that would be a completely different list Mm -hmm. that would be all my cult movies and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and that's Mm -hmm. i think that's another list that i should save for maybe like a time when i'm doing something with mark you know uh because like that's that it's definitely a different list but probably if i didn't like these movies that we're about to discuss i wouldn't i wouldn't even i wouldn't like you know i probably wouldn't have liked i think all of my movies are before i was 18 years old so, so that's all right. Well, let's just get into it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get, just into, get right into it. Let's get into our top five movies that made us. All right, Jay, here we go. Number five movie that made you. Number five movie that's most influential on you. What is it, my friend? 2001's Below. Where did you get this stuff? Columbia. I can't feel my face. Oh, all right. <laughs> you saw this before you were a teenager? I'm just, I'm just wondering. Well, I mean, I was... No, no, not before, but I mean, I was, you know, I was a teenager, but I mean, before I was 18, I said, but like, what did know, this? Was, what did this do for it? This like 17, 16, This teach 17. you how to take the booger sugar just right? You so, know? okay. So this, this is what, this is around the time when I got into movies, when, when, you know, little Jay, we got friendly, we became fast friends. He introduced me to movies again. And so I started watching movies heavily. I should say, this is one of those movies that you, that I hadn't seen until I met you. You made me watch it right. and you hyped it up so much that I fucking hated it. Of course. But <laughs> so this came in theaters. This was out in theaters, obviously, when I started watching movies again. So I went to the movies and this had the power and the effect uh, and the cool factor, but also the grounded reality of a true story that it had a whole scope for me. It, it landed a big punch, but it also landed a big punch in a way where I wanted to be a drug dealer right. for our, literally <laughs> maybe two weeks. What? Jay and I were going to, it made that much of an impression where we were going to oh, sell sorry. pot. We had the grand the grand idea because I was working at a country club at the time. I was going to give my cart boys they're going to be my lackeys. They're going to be pushing the dope while I was working at the country club. Listen to you, Walter White. Say my name. Heisenberg, you're goddamn right. <laughs> exactly. I had this whole Grandmaster plan. We even bought the pot, and Jay had a whole we, fucking baggie. We, we just and saw of all times his fucking mom and sister cleaned his room, which they've never done. Maybe once a year. They did it that weekend. Because they probably smelled it. That weekend. They probably smelled it. And they skunk. found it, and he got in so much shit, and that was it. That was our sign. And we are like, okay, this is it. Psh- we gotta stop. We're not. This is not for us. Yeah, because if you can't even hide, if you can't even hide your pot from a from Dude, from a bored forty oh year old God. housewife, I know, I then know. you can't hide it from from the police. Oh, that's for sure. But it was one of those. It was one of those movies that I absolutely loved. I thought it was so cool. I loved Johnny Depp. I, I became a huge fan from that going from from then from then on. Just like him as a person, I just thought he was like cool motherfucker. You know, just like a really good looking guy, just really cool. And and it was just like one of those impressionable type movies. It that is kicks, re, rejuvenized. I, I, I can't get My over the fact that enthusiasm with movies. I can't get over the fact that you thought that you could be a drug dealer I'm because serious, of this movie, the, dude. I was a fucking <laughs> punk kid at the time, and I just, I was just, we were stupid. You were the, we le- were stupid. Well, like we and just having we, fun. We just saw the gentleman where and, where where, where yeah, a guy yeah. you know kind of befriends yeah. the upper class and and uses and that I was going to be the drug dealer through country clubs, right, right, and pushing and he, he uses, pot through teenagers. He uses that to be the yeah. pot dealer in England, yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's that was what you my were, idea. That was your idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and all because of Blow mm-hmm. uh, and Penelope Cruz. Well, you mentioned Johnny Depp, but you didn't mention Penelope. Cruz. She was a hot, feisty little thing. Well, I mean, she was. 
This is like her breakout role. I mean, was it though? I'm pretty sure this was. Yeah, Mm, maybe, maybe as far as like American blockbuster, or not, it wasn't a big blockbuster, but it was like a relatively big budget or mid budget kind of film. Here's something that you don't know about this list that I probably should have told you, but I didn't because this is how I prep the show. I prep the show in my mind, and I don't feed it to you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to say that that most of the time it is just you know complete that I, I i forget to mention it to you but i most of the time now i'm doing it intentionally Stan, <laughs> standout scene like that scene that is just burned into your brain so much that 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 you love it for this oh, movie black yeah. betty when that song okay. comes on and he's walking through the airport in that fucking like white jumpsuit and Whoa, his aviators black betty. and he's got that little hop to his step when he's walking through the airport uh, the cool factor of that <laughs> is sick it's a cool song not just that but also when 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 he's supposed to meet Pablo for the first time and he's really nervous and he only wants to meet uh, George Young and he's like all nervous about it. He's like, all right, fuck it. And, he, and, and the way he just says like, all right, fuck it. That still sticks with me to the, to this day right. where like I get nervous with a, with a certain kind of uh, situation or something like that. Hitting on a girl, whatever it might be. I'll literally do that same type of thing. Like, I'll build up and I'll like, all right, just take a minute. Like that, and I literally go back to that fucking fuck scene. I'm just like, all right, fuck it. And I just go and I just like, fuck it. Just go. Cause you, don't, just, Cause you don't have me anymore. Who would, who, right. who used to go, all right, fuck it. Right. And I would get up and go. I'd be right. that guy. And it's a little weird shit like that. Like there just sticks with me, you know? Whoa, black Betty ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> all right jay my and my, i have the poster on my wall <laughs> my number five movie that made me this is probably yeah nope this 100 percent is this is the most recent film on my list and that's saying something because it's it's from 1992 it is jurassic park it's it's a dinosaur uh-huh. <laughs> you did it you crazy son of a bitch you did that's my number five movie that made me. Oh, I remember yes. seeing this in the theater with my mom. I remember just like just seeing dinosaurs on screen and how real everything looked and how the action was just so perfect and it, it, like everything just felt like it was happening to me as Tiny Dave was sitting in that in that seat at watching the T Rex chase a jeep and every I was like oh my god. Every I I breathed this movie for an entire year. I had just about every toy that I could get my hands on. I had a T Rex. I still had Jay. I still have the original Jurassic Park T Rex that I had that I had when I was a kid. It's sitting right next to you. It's right there. That's the one I had when I was in second grade. And this fucking movie came out. I, I hear you. I I absolutely love this movie. It is just it is just a perfect testament of the popcorn film. Like this is this is like one of the quintessential popcorn films that Steven Spielberg has made. And if I had to give a standout scene, it's obviously when the power goes out and the T-Rex breaks through and comes out on the road and you know throws the th- throws the one Ford Explorer over over the uh over over the cliff and just just that rampage moment. I absolutely love it with the rain coming down and the score and 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 just the build up of tension with the with with the water and everything. Fuck, I loved this movie and to this day Anytime Jurassic Park is on TV or I have nothing else to watch, if anyone's like, oh, you got Jurassic Park? We should give that a spin. It's like, yeah, why not? No, no, let's do it. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch, I could watch it. I could probably watch it five times in a day and not be bored with it. It's one of those magical movies that I also agree. Like, it, it has such an impression on me because it was so, it still holds up. So many of those scenes are so realistic because they're, they're fucking, they're not CGI. So much of it is actually practical. And that's really 70 30 are magical. And that's what really number. fucking is the magic of it. Yeah. That and the lighting. You know, a lot of it's in the dark and the rain. You can right. get away with a lot with that. And it was just so fun. It was so scary. Yeah. And our, in a lot of ways. And, and thrilling. Our first movie cocktail that we did under the Super mm-hmm. Movie Bros banner. It was the first movie cocktail we did. I was so excited to do to do that cocktail. And like looking back on it now, I was like, man, I kind of cocked that one up. I think I I think I need to take another pass. Keep the same ingredients, but kind of redo it, present it in a new way. And I think uh there we might have a new format for doing that. So I think that'll be the first the first movie cocktail that I redo will be Jurassic Park. So all right Jake, what is your number four? 1990s Dick Tracy. Tracy! 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 It's like he's reading my mind. Extra, extra! Tracy battles move! I'm taking this bomb out of the headlines. I'm rubbing him out. Hey, Tracy, what's up? Dick Tracy to me. Go suck an egg! <laughs> Go 
fucking egg. Dick fucking Tracy, man. This was one of those very early movies where it had two main, three main components that stood out to me to this day. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Al Pacino was a revelation. He really was, too. Uh, I don't love this movie, by the way. I loved... Dick Tracy, I thought he was cool as shit. Oh, he was. I Warren, loved his Warren, outfits. Warren Beatty was I cool love, in this movie. He was always cool. And I, I just love cool. gang always, always love gangster He's movies. I've always been drawn to gangster movies. Warren Beatty is a Hollywood cocksmith, right? Like, like oh, he was yeah. He's the original one of the original ones. Yeah, he's he's laid some pipe oh, across Hollywood. <laughs> For sure. He might even still be doing it. Ah, uh, wow. <laughs> to, this you know. to this yeah. day. To this day. And now, he, you know. He he just had this cool watch, you know. You can talk into his watch. Like I was obsessed. I thought it was the it was the my first original cool guy that like I could idolize. And Madonna, oh Madonna, See, my I, first I hate crush. Her in the movie. Oh my first crush, dude. I loved her. I was yeah smitten. And I'm serious, man. Well, you're, I, I had a huge crush on her. You're a year and a half, two years older than me, which means I saw this in the theaters with my father. This is one of the few movies I've been to the theaters with my father. To see Dude, I'm not kidding. Kid. I was in like second grade yeah. getting in trouble drawing boobs because I was obsessed with her cleavage in this movie. I was four or five years old when this movie came out and I saw I, it in the theaters. I, I was at that age fucking horny as shit for Madonna. I'll bet. Only in this movie. Only in this Other movie. than that, <laughs> Madonna's never been an internal yeah. for me. No, none of the Guy Ritchie movies. But no, I but I have to say, my parents can fucking attest. I rearranged my bedroom to his office, so I had my desk behind the fucking oh window. I had my little placket. I had Dick Short. <laughs> Welcome to Dick Short's Detective Service. Dick, Dick what do you need? Short. You need help fighting a dog? Oh Would you lose a sock in the dryer, Mom? Don't worry, I'm gonna go get it. This I, is Dick. <laughs> this is Dick Short's Detective Service. Whatever you want, I got it. I'll do it. You know. You know what I'm saying, Mom? Oh, my God. I, I'm sure my parents were fucking laughing their asses off with me writing on my little pen holder thing, Dick Short. <laughs> you know your mom like walked down the stairs and she was just like, oh, my God. We got to go to church. It's Saturday. And it's like, yeah, but he's calling himself Dick again. We got to go back to church. <laughs> he's got to get right with God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, but this, yeah, this movie. Strange, strange. To be I know this list. has not come up on the show. It has not. And that's what's so funny to me. Because well, like, I can't believe that this movie has not really come up before. Even in my movie cocktail. Yeah, I'll, obviously. But well, like, that's what I'm getting or to. Or on other top fives even. But this is one of those weird movies that, that left a big impression on me. Movie cocktail season three is mm. not going to be something that people vote on. It's going to be our first season. Sure. Yeah. where we don't have people voting on it and each week we're just going to take turns doing the movies that we've always wanted to do a cocktail for so jay you will have a chance to do a dick tracy cocktail in the next season of movie cocktail we haven't finished season two yet but that will be the next season of movie cocktail will be the movie that you just want to do the only rule will be you can't pick a movie that we've already done. So uh, you'll you'll get your chance. I, it's weird. I don't disagree with this being on your list because of how much it touched you as a child. Uh, at the same time, this holds no nostalgia for me, even though this is one of the earliest movies I can remember seeing in the movie theater when I was a kid. I remember my dad falling asleep. I remember me falling asleep. But one of the things like this movie was one of the first times that like you truly saw a comic being brought to life on screen. Like This was panel by panel a dick tracy comic book and it was it's kind of cool i haven't seen it in a long time so i kind of look forward to maybe checking it out in the future all right jay you ready for my number four i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it uh, it's back to the future my calculations are correct when this baby hits 88 miles per hour you're gonna see some serious shit we just talked we just did an entire uh, episode yeah episode 199 well. Was all about Back to the Future. Yeah, untouchable. Yeah, right. yeah. we we gushed over it, but like yes. when I, when I was a kid and I saw this, this was so magical to me. Just just the DeLorean itself, you know, traveling uh, traveling through time and and just the 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 adventure that Marty goes on throughout the film. I don't think I even understood the nuances of the story when I first saw it. I just knew that.
that you know getting in a car and going 88 <laughs> you could go through time that's that's as, as a little kid that's what i remember but even when i had my chrysler lebaron right like i remember one night late at night sleeping over a friend's house and we were just like man where should we go like i'm bored i'm bored i'm bored everyone's mm-hmm. you're always bored when you're mm-hmm. when you're 16 you know nothing's ever good enough for you like let's drive to the beach all right it's like midnight we pile on a car we drive to the beach i'm in my lebaron and while i'm while i'm going down the jersey turnpike heading to the shore i the whole time i was like i'm gonna hit i'm gonna get 88 miles an hour i'm gonna hit fucking cruise control (laughs) (laughs) and i had the score in my car and i remember as soon as it hit 88 i just pressed play on the cd player and we just it was just me and four friends and we went down to the beach in the middle of the night only to find out that the beach was closed you're not actually allowed on it after night we had to get in the car and go right home oh <laughs> uh, lovely uh but uh, i absolutely love but when you're at that age you know it, it doesn't matter right because it was a saturday night when you're, you're spending s- time with your friends you're s- doing what you were gonna right. want to do anyway saturday night when you're 17 you had yeah. nothing else to do you just get in the car you what, drive what did i do i went to pool to halls uh parking lots and diners to you exactly. know, smoke cigarettes and drink coffee that's, that's pretty much all you can do that's all you could do yeah unless i mean unless you went to a great american diner in langhorn in which case they didn't care what age you were they just served you alcohol anyway so i mean that was that was always fun and if and if they if they decided to card you you just went to the sad old guy that's sitting at the end you just go hey man if i if i slip you an extra couple of bucks and buy you your next beer will you buy me a beer yeah sure kid whatever <laughs> and, it, and that's happened. how it worked that's, that's how it worked how it for worked. us yeah. that's how it worked it's true all right jay what is your number three also 1990 Edward Scissorhands. Hey, hi, George Monroe. Whoa, it's a heck of a handshake you got there, Ed. Do you imagine those hands are hot or cold? <laughs> and just think what a single snip could do. Or undo. <laughs> this, All right, man. This, is a, this, this was a special film because, uh, you know, I For saw... You. For you. But yeah, I mean, for me, Not for obviously, me. I'm, I'm just saying because, you know, I, I, it was such a unique movie it was such a weird movie it was such a fable such a story it was one of those unique kind of things i never i couldn't i couldn't i i got obsessed with it because i couldn't understand it in a lot of ways it was very different you know because it's a fantasy it's a tim burton fantasy it's one of his you know early masterpieces so um there was so much for me to like explore with this so i saw it many times when i was younger because of of sheer curiosity and it's a story of an outsider and a freak which which you can relate to because you you are people look at you and they go god damn it's a big motherfucker i've always felt that way i've always (laughs) felt that way deep down and 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 it's beautiful it's romantic and it's also sexy at times i mean you see a lot of kathy baker cleavage and you know flirting with edward and uh right and uh diane you know west west was um always a you know a delight playing a great mother you know and sure. and, and is very very charming obviously and alan arkin being funny as shit alan playing arkin was the great. husband and uh there was there, there was so much charm in this movie and so much um quirkiness and, and and also scariness mixed in with it as well but like it always lasted well, I think with it was one of those yearly movies for me for the rest of my life, and and it was one of those kind of special movies that it still holds up to me, and I think a, it's a beloved movie. It's a strange um, film in the you fact know, playing that Edward Forty Hands as a teenager, as a teenager you know, right. you know, shit like that. Like it, it still holds up, you know. It's just so fun. I I, I think I back to movie. it, and I remember like just being like weirded out by the juxtaposition of of like this gothic type mm-hmm. creature, mm-hmm. which is Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. In this picturesque Pleasantville yeah, type I, setting and stuff, it, it always had a big impression on me, and it was one of those kind of weird, quirky things that it always made me become—I don't say a Tim Burton defender, but like always. some sort. No, yeah, probably definitely. because we we talked about this movie once, one other time on the show, <laughs> and I, I was I defending the shit out of it. You were, yeah, but probably. I, I this is the old defunct movie cocktail though, uh, and I I don't like this movie because I think I saw it later in. Life than you did oh. and, and to me tim burton he wasn't the director of beetlejuice or batman but when i was aware of 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 what a director was and what a director did and how okay. their style okay. right. then i saw edward scissorhands and i remember i was like this is kind of like beetlejuice and batman but like it's weird and i remember like just being aware of like this is tim burton's style this just smacks of him uh-huh. and he's all over it uh-huh. and I didn't like it. Uh-huh. You know, I, I for some reason it was just it, it, that's it, interesting. It's an interesting way to uh, 
to right. be introduced to it, I guess you could say, yeah. really, you know, right. with that kind of perception. Right, because because now I know who Tim Burton is and what his style is. That's when I saw it and I just went like, ugh. It's just <laughs> it just feels so much like him. Like I kind of feel dirty watching it because it just feels like him. I just it feels like his hair looks <laughs> <laughs> like Tim Burton's hair. Looks. Oh god. <laughs> But yeah, I, I saw this in theaters. I mean, I, I remember it was one of those, or, again, it was, you know, it's one of those movies. And another movie will come out later on in my uh, top five here. I'll talk about more about. All right. Yeah. My number three, Jay. Yeah. This movie is probably my favorite comedy of all time, for sure. Uh, and it's definitely a movie that has sort of influenced my humor, or at least the type of humor that I look for in a movie, because it's funny without trying too hard to be funny. It's subtle in its humor. And it, it some of its jokes are so nuanced that you don't catch it until the fourth, fifth, sixth time that you've watched a movie. It's Ghostbusters. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Well, no sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Yep. Now let's get ready. Switch me on. I mm. Ghostbusters just speaks to me in such this magical way. First off, it really does, and I, yeah. I, it definitely does not for me for some reason. <laughs> and First, I love the movie, obviously. I mean, it, I really do. But for some odd reason, I'm shocked that you do so much because there's a lot of adult humor. There is and dialogue. But and as this a came kid, out when we were kids, and I'm like, as a kid, I, a lot the, of it went right over my head. As a kid, the only thing you needed to know about this movie was proton packs. <laughs> Traps, I, I hear you. I know. Slimer, yep. you know, or, yep. or Onion Head in the movie, but it was Slimer to Slimer us as kids does, yeah. because we we watched a cartoon and 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 just you know oozing with cool Bill Murray, like mm-hmm. he was just a cool guy. And I remember my favorite character growing up was always Winston. Though I loved Winston, um, but I don't know why. But that was just always my favorite character. When we played with action figures, I always wanted to play as Winston. So, but uh, I it, that's that was like my introduction to it was just this this cool factor of it where it it's just like the, the proton packs and the effects and fighting ghosts and stuff like that that stuff draws you in as a kid because it is a kid's movie in that respect but as an adult when, when I started to, to really get into it and watch it again as I got older that's when I started picking up on the nuance of the comedy and the fact of just the premise alone is just so absolutely ridiculous but it's played so straight that you, you don't have time to even question that these four Doctors, I mean, they, they are doctors. They're scientists. They, they they taught at Columbia. You know, they they are these these guys that just start a business of busting ghosts, and it becomes a phenomenon. Like it makes no sense. It although it makes more sense than Gordon Bombay becoming a national icon because he coached a team, uh, a pee wee hockey team in Minnesota. So. <laughs> Because it, it, it makes more sense than that, but like you start to question it as an adult. But because they play it so straight, you don't question it at all. And all of Bill Murray's jokes, everything is just so subtle. None of it is truly in your face at all. And it's only after you listen to the dialogue as you grow up and you and you and you watch it like seven, eight, nine times, are you like picking up on the fact that it's just like everybody has three mortgages today, Ray? And it's only a joke that you that that you really pick up on and laugh at when you're an adult and you have a mortgage and you go, Oh no, 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 they don't. Who would want that? <laughs> but Ray does. So uh, it's why like twenty, you know, in twenty twenty, the film I'm looking most forward to is Ghostbusters Afterlife because I want it to be good because I want it to live up to the legacy of Ghostbusters for me. And I'm not sure if it will. I'm. I, I think I'm putting it up on a pedestal that is unfair to it. But I'm not the only one who feels that way about Ghostbusters. So they, you know. Sony has to know what they're stepping into by doing that movie. So yeah, uh, that's that's my number three, Ghostbusters. It's always going to hold a wonderful place in my heart. It even gets its own shelf here in the studio because mm-hmm. I love it so much. All right, I'm in. All right, Jay, you're number two, buddy. Number two, 89 Batman. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Makes 89 sense. Batman. Another Burton film. From Burton to Burton. Uh, Burton to Burton. And, you know, this obviously, very impressionable. I used to write 
and draw bat ears over top of my J's in first grade. Um, Don't go printing this in none of your papers, Knox. (laughs) This will always be my Batman. I love this movie. I am on Justin's side where this is like, I love Burton's take. Oh, I love this movie. I I love Batman Returns as well. I am a defender. I don't like that. I am one of those people as well. And yeah, good. Think of the future. The the look, the darkness, the the mystery, the feeling. My God, the motherfucking feeling, and the goddamn that ending. That ending is the best ending of all time. That music, the score, the camera shooting all the way up to sky rises until you see the bass symbol in the light with yeah. with Batman standing there and like the clock ticking. Oh God, it's like that kind of feeling. I mean, just the opening alone, where it's just like was well, just phenomenal. The, one the guy, opening, the, the, the one guy, the way the worried, opens and the way the fucking ends, is like magical. It's he's perfect. worried about the mystery of the Batman and yeah. uh, the bat. and the way he fucking comes down. <laughs> So slow, so slowly. Ah, with, oh, with the cape coming down. Ah, Jesus Christ! It it was one of the. <laughs> I love I'm Batman. Batman. He's my favorite fucking superhero. Yeah, and I love this movie. It kickstarted that whole. It makes sense. world for me. We'll never get um, another Batman like this. But like for like your well, dad, you never know. I mean, the, you, you know, from what I'm seeing with the Batman with Robert no, Pattinson, I'm liking like the vibe that they're teasing. That's all I'm going to say. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be gonna this. Say it's this. Nothing can. Nothing will ever be this, this again. I mean, it's nothing will ever have that Art Deco style. You can't, you can't. It'll never have that Tim no. Burton style no, no. that works so well I for know, it. But like for for our dad's generation, mm-hmm. you know, Batman was Adam West. You know, sure. And I watched that as well. But for us who are '80s and '90s kids, this is our version of Batman, and we will forever compare every version of Batman Absolutely. to this version right here I forever. Had the, I had the toys. I had, oh god, I, had, I loved it. Crit, loved you know, it. the Nolan movies were great for for story. And 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 realism of Batman and stuff like that, and they're fantastic. But they'll never hold a place in my heart in the same way that eighty nine Batman does. And I think a big part of that is because of of this movie. And and you know, and Halloween, you know, kids are dressing up because of this movie, because right. of Burton's Batman, because it's sem- it stemmed from that. Yeah, you know. From their parents. I got into comic books. You know, the be- kids' parents loving that movie and dressing their kids up as Batman. You know, I s- shit like that. I started reading comic books because of 89 Batman. Now, I remember, like, you know, I remember, I, I, I remember my first comic book was, I, I've, I've told this story before, but like, my, my favorite comic book. Um, the first comic book, I'm sorry, that I ever read. I was actually in high school, and I had a I had a fantastic job uh, in high school. I was a kid who was on the radar of the disciplinarian, right? Like <laughs> I was not well liked by teachers, <laughs> of course. Uh, so to keep me out of trouble during lunch and stuff like that, they decided to give me a job. I, I had a free period, so they decided that I would eat lunch in a disciplinarian's office. I, I would have 15 minutes to eat lunch and then I would do his bidding pretty much. I became his crony. Like that's what they decided for me. I didn't like doing it, but I was literally given no choice. Like this is right. what you have to do. You should have just gone to the gym and worked out or something. No, no, no. Get I didn't have a choice. Your way. I didn't have a choice. Okay. I had to be his crony. He wanted me under his thumb because close to him was the, was the best place to keep me out of trouble. But I used to have to clean out lockers for kids that got expelled. I went to a, I went to a, uh, to a Catholic school. So kids getting expelled was a pretty frequent thing. Um, uh, you can get expelled for almost anything. So I remember cleaning out this one kid's locker and I found four issues of Spider-Man blue in there. And I was like, I know, I know Spider-Man stuff like that. I read through it. I was amazed by it. Uh, it's a comic book by Jeff Loeb and Tim sale. So I decided that like, I'm going to go to a comic book store, Wade's comic madness in Levittown. So I'm in high school. I go to this comic book store and they were like, well, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I, I guess I want to finish this series, Spider-Man blue. They're like, Oh, well that's out of, print we don't have single issues of that but there's a trade paperback over there you can go grab that so i grabbed the trade paperback and they're like anything else and i was like i i don't know and they're like well what else are you into i liked 89 batman like that that's my that's my thought pro- I, I liked batman you know and, I, and batman begins had just come out so it's like i like batman begins also so they were like okay how about this you like this by jeff Loeb and tim sale here is the long halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. And I was like, okay. So those are the two comics that I walked away with that day. And ever since, I've been a a, a rabid comic book fan and, and reader and stuff like that. But if it wasn't for 89 Batman, I would have just been like, nah, 
know, fuck it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. What do I need another Batman story uh-huh. for? Sure. I got the perfect one with eighty nine Batman, and then my my world got opened up because of it. So um, maybe eighty nine Batman should be on my list, but it's certainly you know for you. I never put bat ears on 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 my D's. So. <laughs> Well, the J, you know, you got the little hat, you got the little cross on the top, and I just boop, yeah. boop, boop, boop. Yeah, I get it. I just, I don't know. I could very easily turn the D at the end of David into a dick and balls, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was in college when sure. you were doing that. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jay, uh, that was your number two. Here's my number two. It's Jaws. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed I had a little drink about an hour ago And it's gotten right to my head Wherever I may roam By land or sea or foam Show me the way to go home Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it has to be, right? Uh, you, I, this is a blood movie of yours, I know. I it know. is. It, it really absolutely. is. It really is. I spent summers down the Jersey Shore, so I spent summers on the water and stuff like that. Spent summers at the beach. And like the beach town that I went to, Long Beach Island, which I still go to today and stuff like that, it's very much Amity. It's 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 very much like that. Like when you go on the beach, it feels like that. It does. And 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 even to this day, they they it's have true. they they have uh what's what's her name? Mary Sue is the name of the uh great white shark that is seen going up and down the New Jersey coastline and there's like even t-shirts you can buy Mary Sue please don't eat me mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that so like we always had like that air of like there's sharks out there yeah you got me a shirt yeah and, yeah and 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 like that's that's the way like I grew up I would watch this movie and I'd go down to my grandparents house that in Tucker in New Jersey you know on the beach and we'd go on my uncle's boat and stuff like that and I would have the image in my head of of you know uh, Ellen Brody opening up that book and there's the there's a shark that's plunging its 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 nose into the side of a boat and stuff like that and in my mind like, that could happen to us there was danger every time i went into water but to me it wasn't scary it was exciting it was exciting that well like, yeah this could i mean th- th- i mean for i mean christ's sake this is probably one of those movies that was the birth of you being obsessed with that world it was yeah because uh, and wanting to get into that career down the line too when you were a child we like talked that about was it. your that was your that was your future plans we talked about it on the show but I, I i think at some point but like i wanted to be when we talked about blackfish actually um right i wanted to be a marine biologist when i was a kid it's what yeah. i it's what i always wanted to well, do we dived darkly deep into that right. unfortunately i but wanted, it was, I, I wanted to be a marine biologist and and it does stem from jaws like it does, of course it does. because yes. that th- this is the movie that made me want to do that uh it's only after i got older and i realized i'm terrible at math and science stem is not something i'm good at so i i I was never going to pass a college courses doing college level math and science so i had to give that dream up like very quickly once i got to college but that's what i wanted to do like with my entire life and stuff like that but it's because of jaws and i i think it's just a perfect creature feature the the perfect horror movie just you know it's it's perfectly acted uh and and i think the the happy accident of of the shark not working for half of it winds up becoming mythic and it's just a mythic movie it is just so perfect and it's another one of those movies where it's like anytime it's on anytime i i need something to watch but i don't have anything ready at mind i can just put jaws on and just be like yeah i'm good with this i'm good with watching this every day of my life i'm fine with it all right jay we're here i didn't really do any honorable mentions uh no i wasn't thinking yeah. about honorable mentions this is not really i mean that's imp- it's just stupid to do honorable mentions because there's too many <laughs> i think so too uh, uh, i don't think, it, I, I, think it. It, I think it kind of defeats the whole purpose i think um, like i think like gun to my head i would have to say like the, my honorable mentions are are the movies that made me when i started getting older i'd be like rattling off a million movies i'll like, just say mine alien blade runner the thing evil dead 2 stuff like that yeah that's the, the what sure once I became aware of filmmaking and what went into making films, 
those were the movies that I started gravitating towards because I started understanding what filmmaking was. But you know, all these movies that I'm talking about now, these the, the, this top five, I didn't when I saw these movies, I didn't know what filmmaking was. Right, a movie was just something that got put on that kept me entertained, and that's that's what these. So like the later movies that I got into, that's a list for another time. You know, yeah, no pretty doubt, much, no doubt, pretty much. And I should say, Clerks would probably be another honorable mention because I interesting. Think, yeah. I think uh, Clerks hit me at an age where I was you do bring that up quite often where I could tell that's a cherished it is film of yours clerks and mall rats uh you know that's that's a time when me and Ken me and my my friend Kenny mm-hmm. were in our formidable years as as young adults and stuff and it just spoke to me in a way that is just so perfect but when I saw it I was aware of filmmaking also like all, like I said all these movies that we're talking about I wasn't that was aware of blockbuster days it was exactly I was a clerk myself yes you were <laughs> I was a clerk Myself. Hence, it spoke to you. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have some. I should actually do a Patreon of like the annals of you know the the the, the annals of Dave as a blockbuster. You employee. really should. You, you should just do a one mic Dave episode because I had like the on worst. Patreon. I had some of the and just rant. I had some of my best experiences working there, but I had some of my worst too. Like, there's just so many people who like yeah. You know, when you when you're a fan of film and stuff like that, and you come across people who. Who, who want to? I mean, they're no different than me. They want to pick out a movie and they just want to be entertained. But when you give them something that is something that's so beloved by you that they've never seen, and they bring it back to you, and they're like, "I, I want my money back because oh, I hated this," and it's like, Ugh. "Go fuck yourself, dude! Are you fucking kidding?" Yeah, me? I can this, see you. You'd be horrible at the register. This movie is a. <laughs> oh no! I used to just walk the aisles and and clean up the aisles and like suggest things to people when people were like, "You know, I used to be really good. What I was good yeah, at." You, when you I would not at, be good at the register. No. What I was good at at Blockbuster was when it's just like, you know, people are like, I'm looking for a movie, but like most of the new movies are out. Like, what do I do? And it's like, all right, I would ask people, what's the most recent film you saw that you really enjoyed? And they good would question. tell me. And yeah. then and then I was like, all right, let's find you something from that director or something that's in that same vein that you might also enjoy. Yeah, and, and and I'd go into the back catalog then. I would go into the center aisles, smart. the deep smart. cuts, and I'd pick them out stuff from there. But what really bothered me was like like, like if someone came back and was just like, yeah, I hated this. And it's like, I was like, but that's that's the same director. It's the same writer. It's the same, you know, it's a similar cast. It's like, you should, by all, by all imagination, you should, you know, you should mm-hmm. like this movie, but you don't. Yeah, I want my money back. You suggested this movie to uh, go fuck yourself. You know what? I go to the movies all the time. I see movies that I don't like. Now I get to review them and tell you how much I don't like them. Back then, wow, they used to review them to me. This was shit. I remember giving someone Lethal Weapon once because they they like I forget what buddy cop movie they really liked, and I was like, oh, Lethal Weapon. Then. You like buddy cop? You gotta watch Lethal Weapon. <laughs> so I take them and I show them Lethal Weapon, and and like I go over what the story is. Mel Gibson, he's fantastic in it. You know, old man, young cop. It's uh, you're gonna love it. Love it. Ridiculous action. It ends with a fight scene on a fucking lawn with cops all around, and they just <laughs> in let, the rain. and they just let it happen, right? Like they just let it happen. It makes no sense in the world, but it's entertaining as fuck. You're gonna love this movie. Yeah, I hated this movie. You you hated Lethal Weapon? Give me your blockbuster card. <laughs> just fucking cut it up. <laughs> <laughs> never rent another movie again. Never watch another that movie again. That is true. Never like, share. I don't know how I, like that is a movie where like especially if you're a guy yeah. and you're like able to rent a movie from Blockbuster, how the fuck do you not like This that was movie? a guy like how is that even physically possible? At the time I was probably like 17 or 18. This guy was like 40 for, you know in in his early 40s. It's like you've never seen Le- Lethal Weapon. You need to rectify that. And the fact that you don't like it whew, I, I and I did I, I literally told him I was like don't shop here anymore <laughs> like don't even watch movies I love it I don't love watch it. movies yeah 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 I mean nothing will make you happy I, sir nothing will make you happy ever. Yeah, it's like well <laughs> what do you like like what like like I'm curious now. Where like what? Go? Like where? What turns you on now? Exactly. Like, like what? I am actually curious. Now. I had to deal with that. I'd be so flabbergasted. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking? about? I used to have people come in and like they would rent like the new movie that's on the shelf and they'd be like, "How is it?" And I'd be like, "I saw it weeks ago when it was in the theater. Months ago, it was in the theaters." And I'd be like, "It's not good." I'll be honest with you, it's not good and stuff. And they'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna try it anyway." And I was like, "Good, good for you. Yeah, try yeah. it." And they'll come back like, "This is fucking terrible." And it's like, I tried to tell you. I mean, <laughs> I, I did. I want my money back because it was bad. It's like you don't get to do that. Like. That's not how this works. You you got you got your two hours of entertainment. So you, you got that a lot, huh? All the time. 
people wanting money back. Yeah. I worked in the Yardley uh, you know, mm. blockbuster. So if you guys don't know Yardley, it's a little bit pinky more, up. a little upscale. I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing my pinky up. Uh, so I mean, that's that's the type of place I worked in and stuff. But it was really cool because instead of being open till midnight, like every other blockbuster in the world, we closed at nine because Yardley had an ordinance Ooh. that all all retail stores had to be closed well, by lucky nine. You. So that caused other arguments where it's like, well, I tried to return my movie in this, uh, on that day, but you guys were closed at nine and like getting all mad at us and be like, whatever, dude. You you pay your late. Sorry, bro. You pay your late fee, motherfucker. You can afford it. You can afford it. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that Land Rover out yeah. there. You can afford it, motherfucker. <laughs> all right, so Jay. <laughs> Stay on target. Stay on target. We're just we're just taking time. We're trying to fill our hour here. <laughs> Fuck it around. It's all good. You got a number one. Memories. You got a number one. Uh number one. Number one. Number one. Uh this was tough. But I, I feel like, you it know, you know what it is. And I, I'm going to probably, you know, you probably don't know, but you, you probably don't. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I'm going with the before series. Talking seriously here. I mean, I, I always feel this pressure of being a strong and independent icon of womanhood and not making making look like my, my whole life is revolving around some guy. But loving someone and being loved means so much to me. I always make fun of it and stuff. But isn't everything we're doing in life a way to be loved a little more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I dream about being a good father and a good husband. And sometimes it feels really close. Hmm. But then other times it seems silly, like it would uh, ruin my whole life. <laughs> The Before series is something that will always, 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 always be near and dear to my heart. This influenced um, you so much on, as a young adult, I think, more so well, than anything else. Yes. Yeah, so this was in the phase two where like a lot, a lot like Blow and stuff like that, where I saw Before Sunrise and Before Sunset, and I literally got flown out into the world of love. <laughs> And and no. and felt the magic, and, but not even just that. But not this just a love story. But the fact the movie making in this kind of way was so special and genuine and small and taut and so beautiful and just it was a slice of life. Richard Linklater. That I've never experienced before in a movie. No one does slice of life like Richard Linklater. Richard Linklater and 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 but. To their credit, also, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, the three of them, are right. responsible for this whole trilogy. And and it's just so well executed and well done. And I bought the fucking romance and the dialogue and the love. And why wouldn't you? 100%. Like, it just seemed like they were not acting whatsoever. They were in love. They were, well, they were in Paris. And, uh, you know, in- They were not in Paris. And before sun and before well sunset, before sunset, I know I I bounce around between before sunrise. You're talking about before, before sunrise, sunset, which is Vienna. And I do I bounce around before b- b- with before and before sunset being the, my number one or and number the only two. Reason I and I don't s- know which. The only reason I can sit here and I can correct you on this, yes, is because this is one of the few times you've been successful at getting me into something and getting me on your level. On the, on my level, even not even just saying like oh yeah I like it, but like actually like loving it on your you level. Know? I love yeah, it. It's true. I do. Yeah. I, do. I, I I hope to one day get my wife to watch it, but my wife is not. You in- have to let her find it. I no, think. she's not into talkie movies. This is too uh, talky. This is conversations. I love conversations. I think yeah. I think the art of conversation and, is lost in the world. Yes, and it I, is. I love- yes, it is, Dave. And and this is I think one of the things that I you know I wanted in my life and i wanted i want i still want something like that in my life and like i have that with certain friends in my life right. who i feel comfortable enough to be that way around it is, because i am very reserved when right. it comes to like being social and talking and talking to people and so groups and stuff like this that is, so when i find people like that and i find circumstances that feel organic and feel genuine i right explode all over it i think we should do a little bit of explanation here because i think your deep film fans already know what this series you, is. oh yeah i probably am not explaining myself so, too well i'm sorry so for for, for um, other people who aren't familiar with link ladder who aren't familiar sure. with this series um, we've talked about it a bunch of times but this, we have a lot of new listeners i know this I, is your 30 second elevator pitch to get people listening right now <laughs> to check out before sunset and then ultimately oh, i'm sorry to check out well, before sunrise then ultimately before sunset and before midnight 
Yes. So, okay. So Elevator the, pitch, go. Right. Before Sunrise. This is a movie dun, where it dun, follows dun, a European dun, 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 boy and a girl dun, on a train dun, who dun, have a nice dun, little meet cute. They meet on a train. Dun, dun, they have a time dun, dun, to go out in Vienna and explore dun, dun, the night. Dun, dun, and and just just to do it because they had the time and they're young and they fall in love and they just go from location to location in Vienna all of real time and they just fall in love and the conversations that be had within them is so magical and so beautiful and so thirty seconds up, fantastic. And they make a pact at the very end of the movie. To Shut meet. up. 30, 30 seconds is up. No, I'm okay. sorry, but yeah, I have to finish my thought. Finish <laughs> to to meet. <laughs> you're fucking with my head. Uh, to meet one year or like six months or whatever it was um, from now at the same location. Right. And that's it. And it just leaves on an ambiguous note. Like they just part ways, and hopefully they meet, and you don't know. And you don't. And know? it's just a beautiful ending. Um, it is. And hence, nine years later. I hope you like my rendition of uh, Girlfriend Iponima. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> while you're, the elevator music while you're giving yeah, your elevator. Yeah, pitch. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always love that movie. That, I mean, that song. Um, and then ni- and, and nine years later, without even questioning, um, out of the nowhere, you know, they just dropped this movie on our lap. Yeah. The people that love this movie. It's kind of become a tradition for you, for me and you now to like mm-hmm. every nine years go. When we, we went to the theaters together sure. to, see before, to see before midnight. Before midnight. Because yeah. uh, that was also a secret production and they shot that uh, in Greece and, you know, that was also nine years later. And it was just one of those things that nobody expected this. This is a trilogy that should not be. <laughs> should not exist it is a small indie movie that has been slowly uh been been brought out and explored and found from people and 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 they love it and they and they you know it's not for everybody obviously like lauren and stuff like that but for the most part i think people can appreciate the genuine well jay june aspect of this movie 2022 Mm-hmm. You can look forward to hopefully another before movie because the last they, one they came never out. wrote it off. They never right. said like never say that. Ne- they, they pretty much said never say never. Like if they have the right idea right. and are all all three of them are behind it, they'll explore it well, and they'll get into it. And I they'll tr- make it if they can. I truly love this movie. I do hope people check it out based on your based on your recommendation. If you, if they haven't already, if they're you know big fail films. They, they but it's then it. like in the second movie they meet up again. Right, third movie. They're old. Go on and go on. They're yeah. middle-aged and married. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it's something that it's it's just a beautiful. It feels film. It feels like it feels so an genuine. organic relationship and very, very organic. Yeah. And it's stuff that you know I just aspire to have in my own life. You know, which is day. why you are still single because you're you're basing a relationship Maybe. based off of fantasy. Yeah, which is what this movies Maybe. are Maybe. fantasy. But, but I've had it. I've had it. But I've one had, of the one know. of the beautiful things about the movie is each one ends with a fantasy, right? Like sure. Like the first one ends with them. We'll meet in nine years. That's it's the dream. Well, I'm sorry. We'll meet in a year. That's that's the fantasy. And the second one is I'm staying. I'm leaving my wife. That's the fantasy. And then the the third one, you know the fantasy has become reality and it's like mm-hmm. what what is reality now it's, what? it's not the fantasy i mean that's that's it. it's just not the fantasy and and i that's one of the things that i love about it because i always see this movies these movies since they take place every nine years they grow with their audience mm-hmm. and, and they do and, and i think and like, they keep it grounded and it's really tough because i think when i watched before sunrise i'm sorry yeah before sunrise when i watched that I was in my very early twenties, you know, when you and I first met, and I watched it, and then I watched before before sunset when I was kind of in like a a pretty committed relationship that mm-hmm. was going somewhere and stuff like that, and by the time I saw before midnight, I was out of that committed relationship and I was single and stuff like that. But I saw like you've been through the ring. I've been through it, like yeah. I've been through it with them and stuff like that. So I know this has been a long time to talk about a number one that maybe some people listening haven't heard of, but I think it's a testament to like you know maybe i I don't want to say take a weekend and watch these because i think that's a lot to take on oh i don't think so at all these are short movies for you it's not well they're i mean i think they're they're all within an hour and 45 you're asking people to take on five hours of of (laughs) of two people talking okay yeah five hours of two people talking okay I think I'll, I'll, I think, do, it, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> why do you think I split episode 200 up into three separate parts? I know, I know. <laughs> because no one wants to hear five hours of two people talking. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I I do encourage everyone to check out before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. Thank you, and uh, I hope they do. And hey, guess what? We have a hotline that's open for everybody. So. 
you can reach out to the hotline. I'll put it in the description of the show. Please do. And if you watch it, you can let Jay know what you think of his boring indie films. Well, and t- and to be honest, it's always been a funny thing because I always hated, I still hate it, even when I go on dates. What's your favorite movie? I'm like, oh, why are you doing this to me? And for the longest time, I actually would say the, the Before series. I, and- I Don't even say anything. Just say, date me long enough and maybe I'll find out. <laughs> Be, be mysterious, See, Jay. I, 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 I'm be the, mysterious. This is why I'm single too, because nobody wants to date me long enough. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cool. I'm not cool enough. I'm not interesting enough. I'm not dark and mysterious like you. I don't have quick. Oh no, quick, you, you quick comebacks like you do. You are. You just don't know how to sell yourself, right? <laughs> like, like you immediately. And oddly enough, I got into sales. Go, yeah, ahead, go, go figure. Go but figure. I, no, I think you just. You I'll just, be fired within. You year. just get into situations where you feel like you need to be that person, and you don't though. You mm. you, you don't. Sometimes the girls are just looking for the boring guy who <laughs> wants to sip his beer and hear them talk. What you need to do yeah, yeah. is use the guy, the gift that, that God gave you, and it's the fact that you're deaf in one ear. So just ask her her questions, and when she's answering them, turn the head and ignore it because you can't hear out of one <laughs> ear. And then when you, when you feel like she's done talking, turn around, ask her another question. You could be a great listener, Jay. And still tune her out and not have to worry about it at all. Live in your own head for your whole life. That is the way to a true, wonderful relationship. <laughs> Dave's therapy service. Dave's therapy your service. Work. All right, Jay. My number one. We're we're running a little long here, but uh, I don't care. I, I, this is just this is just fun. We're just we're just vamping here. Uh, my number one, Jay. I think it's pretty obvious uh, for anyone who knows me, anyone who's listened to the show. My favorite thing in the entire world. My favorite my favorite movies are Star Wars movies. And interestingly enough, I a, a New Hope, as it's called you know, now, uh, originally Star Wars. Uh, I never saw that until I was much much older. The first Star Wars movie I ever saw was The Empire Strikes Back. What's going on, buddy? You're being put into carbon freeze. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. The Empire will compensate you if he dies. Put him in. Listen to me. Chewie. Chewie, this won't help me. Hey, save your strength. It'll be another time. The princess, you have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? I love you. That's my number one. Oh, yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. It has influenced so many aspects of my life. But, like, your, my first introduction to Star Wars world was a snowy planet. I didn't even know who Luke Skywalker was. I just know that, like, he, like, reached out with his hand and, like, things flew to him, right? And then he chopped off a fucking Wampa's army, lived inside of a, of a, of a, of a weird kangaroo goat creature, mm-hmm. and then, like, uh, he kissed his sister. Like, that's what, that's what, that's what I knew about well, Star Wars. Well, no, I mean, let me, so did you see the, you know, which movie did you see first? Empire, Empire Strikes Back and then oh, Return okay. of the Jedi. I okay. didn't see A New Hope until I was probably about 10 or 11 years old and I bought and someone bought them for me for Christmas on VHS. Really? really? So it took you that long? Yeah. <sighs> so I probably saw Empire Strikes Back when I was about four or five years old and fell in love with it. Um, and fell in love with all Star Wars and and fell in love with Indiana Jones and stuff like that. Where's Indiana Jones on this list? It's 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 in the honorable mentions with like a lot of other stuff because even though I saw it when I was a kid, it, for me as a kid, it was always I'm watching Han Solo play an archaeologist. <laughs> like it wasn't until I got older that I understood the character of Indiana Jones in that movie and what it was. But you know, I I, I first saw. Stay tuned. <laughs> I first, we got Indy coming back. <laughs> I first saw I first saw Star Wars uh, because. Because my dad taped them on VHS. My dad used to get like these six to eight hour long VHSs that you could put into your VCR. Mm-hmm. And you could tape movies off HBO. And HBO yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently for some reason had Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But not the original Star Wars. So like, that's what we had on VHS. So that's what I watched. I watched Empire and I watched Jedi. And I watched them over and over and over and over and over again. And that was Star Wars to me. Until, like I said, someone bought me the VHSs 
on for, for Christmas. And I, that was the first time I saw, I saw Star Wars. That's the first time I saw A New Hope. And I remember watching it and just going like, huh, that was interesting. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's not, it's really not like Empire and Jedi. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know. I a know. little bit less action. You know, the action's kind of saved for like it's the a third different. act. It's, yeah, a lot it's a little bit different. So, like as a kid, like I was like, huh. well, I think as an adult, you understand why, right? Obviously, because you understand films and the way the structure of it is and how they're made and how sequels are made and like how they always evolve. You know, differently than the original movie. Exactly. So you know. But I, I did not know that. I had to, I don't think we ever actually talked about that before. Because yeah. um, I actually was curious about that. I, I didn't know that. That was right. the, the. So you saw two and three over and over many times before you saw. Oh, one. No, I saw five and six. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just fucking with you. Uh, yeah, no, I saw, I saw Empire Strikes Back. But True. I mean, True. It, it just spoke to me in this way because, like, I. The vehicles were so cool. The weapons were mm. so cool, right? Mm. A lightsaber was cool, but like, oh, you know, an AT-AT walking across the snow and then a snow speeder coming in and harpoons and tow cables and tripping them up and stuff like that. Fuck, I was brought right into it. But then like you get the later stuff and Cloud City was just so awesome to me. Lando was infinitely cool to me as a kid where I used to walk around and be like, whoa, 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 what have we here? <laughs> you know, like I used to I used to pantomime being <laughs> being Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This tiny little white child walking around talking like he's selling Colt 45. <laughs> But I mean, like, and Chewie, Chewie was like, uh, oh, but he was the family dog to me. Like, I just, I love Chewie. Yeah, and like, yeah. Uh, that's why you love dogs. I remember like being a kid <laughs> and like being upset, not that Han was getting put in carbonite, but being upset that Chewie was upset that Han was being put in the carbonite. That upset me. Don't make him sad. He's he's gonna rip your arms off. He's a Wookie. Of course, I didn't know that then because I didn't see A New Hope, so I didn't know about Wookies uh. ripping people's arms off. But you know, it was just like, uh, it was just this. Thing Thing that just lived in me and it's just weird to be to be a kid and watch something that you technically have no context for right i had no context for the story i had no idea what was going on because i never saw the original one but i knew immediately who luke was what he was and what he meant to to me as like as like a hero going up against the black cladded figure that was Darth Vader and the evilness of his voice and the fact that his, his lightsaber was red, which immediately just signified to me that he was the bad guy, red and blue, always, you know, one good, one bad. Like that's, that's the way a child's mind works when they're watching this movie. And I remember just like it ends, but for me, empire strikes back was as a kid, it was never the dark dour ending that people always talk about. Right. Because after I fast forwarded through the, the previews that my dad taped for HBO return of the Jedi started right after that. It was always, they were always one into the other. They always just bled right into each other. So it, it the story never just ended for me. It always continued. There was always something else on that VHS yeah. that's coming up, which and I've talked about this on the show before. It's, you know, movies being taped off of HBO is one of the reasons I love movies so much. It's why like I, to this day, and I've talked, I, I know I've said it before, but I've done it again. I, I can't watch Ghostbusters without watching Gremlins immediately after because both came out in 1984. Both played on HBO back to back and my dad taped them back to back. So when I was a kid, they just yeah. rolled right into each other. And to this day, it just feels natural for me mm. to roll right into the next mm. one. So I can watch A New Hope and then- I understand the sickness. Right, yeah. And then not watch anything else. But if I watch Empire Strikes Back, I have to watch Return of the Jedi right after it because that's how it worked for me and our VHS collection growing up of my dad taping movies off HBO. So I know like I always talk about my mom being my influence for movies and stuff because she used to put these movies on to like keep me sure to, to, to keep me complacent as the fucking devil child that I was <laughs> right. Like it's it truly was the holy water. This, uh. this was the power of Christ compelling me uh, was to put on <laughs> was to put on these movies and stuff. But really I wouldn't have any of that if my dad didn't 
didn't tape them off of HBO back in mm. the day. My dad yeah. didn't tape them off of TV. And you wouldn't know any better. And I wouldn't, you wouldn't know, know how to do it. Right. And it, but it's influenced how I watched movies where like I'm able to like understand why this movie is like that movie and why they belong in that genre and why sometimes watching this one thing makes me want to watch this other thing, even though they're technically not related, but hmm. thematically they are. Interesting. Because like that's the way the VHSs were always presented to me. My dad taping movies off HBO was my what if you like if you like this. Right. Maybe try this. Right. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> Which is great. My dad that's your own your, that's your dad's own version of that. Yeah, my dad was the original was was the the original uh streaming service Good job, for me. <laughs> It's the original streaming service. That's why I love movies. But I mean, ultimately, Empire Strikes Back was just that thing that, like, I think as a kid, I probably sat, I probably sat pretzel in the middle of the floor mm. and with my jaw opened, watching that as many times as I possibly could. I and we still have that VHS, by the way. It is frame that motherfucker. It is. It is. I, How is that not framed? I'm pretty sure it's in my parents' closet. It should be hanging a, up here on a wall somewhere <laughs> in a spare bedroom. If you go up their stairs, you go left. Go get that motherfucker. There's a closet it. and there's a bunch of tape vhs's of ones that i kept and i'm pretty sure that that one is up there on that shelf it's still there so it yeah maybe uh maybe i i don't know if it's even watchable anymore jay i'll be honest with you i probably have to be i probably wore that shit out i probably wore that shit out it's part of my history and it's part of what makes me a movie fan it's why this is a movie that made me and possibly why if that didn't happen we would not be talking right now in these microphones absolutely you know what i'm saying like, i don't think i'd love just, movies as much don't as know. i do but uh, that's going to do it for Super Moon Brothers this evening. Yes. Uh, we ha- still have another episode 200 segment that's coming in the in the, right after this. Um, so that is where I sit down with Wayne and Paul from the Countdown Pod. Without me. Without wah, Jay. Wah. Uh, that was not intentional. Jay is was always supposed to be there. But unfortunately, scheduling between you know Perth in Australia yes, and, 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 and here yep. on the East Coast of the United States, the only time that worked for them was a time when Jay... Jay had to work at his second job. So it was never intentional to cut Jay out of that. But believe me, if you listen, Jay's there. <laughs> even if it's I just can't wait to hear it. Even if it's just him being made fun of. <laughs> He's there. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.